episode of the DeWeirdo Podcast. Uh, been out of the mix for a little while, but um, before we even begin, I want to say thank you so much to everybody who's purchased my book in any way, the ebook, the audio book, the paperback, the signed copies on my website, anything. And for everybody who's reached out and said nice things about the book and Oh man, I love you guys so much. Um, I can't even explain my gratitude, you know, because you, you put out something like this, you know, it's like a, it's like a piece of art. It's like a standalone thing. And it's something that, you know, exists forever. Right. Um, it's powerful. It's, it's, it's really cool. And it means a lot to me that you guys took the time to, you know, tell me you appreciated the book and, you know, the message I was trying to send out there. Um, you know, I tried to make it as short as possible just to get the message through that. Like, you know, I, I wanted it to be like a crushable book, like read it in a day and just murk this thing. And then like, get the ideas all together at once instead of like, you know, parsing it out between, you know, different sessions, whatever. Sometimes, you know, that can grow into days and weeks and whatever, you know, and I just wanted it to be something you could finish and leave with a solid, like, you know, message, dog ear, some pages, highlight some shit, take one thing. If it helps you out, trust me, that was my aim. That was my intent. Um, but, but yeah, thank you again. And, uh, I'm trying to get back on the pod. This is, uh, this is my effort. So here we go. I know I've said that shit before people who've been listening a long time. I go, all right, pod every, what? Uh, luckily I don't do that too often, but you know, it be what it be. Um, but yeah, I am going to try to dedicate more of my time to the pod. I'm no longer in school. Uh, I got halfway through my master's degree and, uh, the old GI bill ran out on me. So the government yanked the plug on your boy. And, uh, it's cool though. It's actually a beautiful thing. Cause I have like so many books that I've been needing to read. Um, stuff I'm really interested in. And, and, you know, that's kind of the format I want to take this pod in, right? Is like, if you guys ever got questions that you think I might be <laughs> half-ass uh, decent at answering, fire that shit over. Shoot me a DM or something, you know, and uh, I'll be happy to uh, talk about it on the pod ski, you know? Um, so the book I'm going to be talking about today, because the the theme of this pod, you know, like like the title says is uh, what's your Everest, right? Like, what's your Mount Everest? What's that thing, that lurking thing that, like, you want to do, whether it be, like, you know, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, anything, right? Like, what is that? What is that peak? What's that thing that when you stand on top of it after having completed that, that you know, you're untouchable after that. The The world's in your fingertips, right? So, um, you know, for me, I have a bunch of them, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I talked to my buddy about it the other day. The uh, Appalachian Trail is something I've always wanted to do. You know, Georgia to Maine, knock out the whole thing. It takes like five months. Um, you could do it quicker, you know, obviously, if you hump through. But, you know, uh, it's just always been something that I've really wanted to do. I, I really enjoy trail running, not a real fan of running on the street, just never really been my bag. I, I've, I've logged so many miles on the street in the army. It's ridiculous. And, uh, I hated pretty much every second of it. So, you know, 
sometimes it can be all right. But honestly, the times when it's all right is like at Bragg when you go off on Area J and you're dipping out and going into the trails. That's when I would start hauling ass. That's when I felt good. I could, you know, I don't know, whatever, going off on a tangent. But, but yeah, so the book that I read is uh, by this dude, Colin O'Brady, and the book is called The Impossible First. So it's about this guy crossing Antarctica from one complete edge to the other, uh, unassisted, didn't get any resupplies, you know, under his own body weight power, didn't use some people, I guess, in the past have used kites and uh, even motorized things, snowmobiles and things like this. Uh, he, He didn't do none of that shit. He drug like a 375 pound sled, which, you know, got got lighter, uh, you know, over the time, over the course of the time. But uh, regardless, holy shit, really, really cool stuff. Super interesting story. The the guy's got a wild background, man. He's like a Yale grad who, instead of climbing up the corporate ladder, decided, you know, to hell with that um, and and went just kind of like doing the world travel thing and then. Man, he's he's accomplished like so many cool things. Like I didn't even know about this fifty high points or fifty highest points. Uh, it's it's basically like the highest point in every state, uh, you know, in in the United States. So, uh, you know, including Denali in Alaska, and uh, I don't know whatever the hell it is in uh, Mount Fuji. Maybe is that it? Hawaii? I don't know. Uh, regardless. He's done that. He's done, uh, you know, he, he broke the record for what's called the Explorers Grand Slam, which is um, the, the top seven peaks. And then also uh, from like the 89th degree of latitude into the North Pole and the 89th degree of latitude to the South Pole. I probably fucked that up, but it's something like that. It's like seven peaks and then the the North Pole excursion and the South Pole excursion. That's the Explorer's Grand Slam. And he did it um, faster than anyone's ever done. It. He broke the record. So, uh, and then, you know, this impossible first, he was the first person to ever unassisted, uh, you know, cross the, uh, the freaking Antarctic, uh, uh, you know, the continent of Antarctica. It's, it's insane, man. What a great book too. It's super interesting, full of like, you know, a lot of really, really cool shit. Um, you know, the guy was talking about, uh, uh, the fear loop, right? Like, well, I don't know what chapter this is. I probably should have wrote that shit down, but he's talking about the fear loop, right? And like, I understand this very well, right? Because, uh, you know, I've been in situation, you know, rocketed and fucking Afghanistan and all, whatever. Who gives a shit about me? But, uh, you know, I, I understand the fear loop quite well that like you get in that loop where it's never going to get better. It's always been bad. I always fuck things up. This always happens to me. All that kind of fear loop that you could just play and cycle through your head. And like the only way to break out of it is just by like one firm thing right so like like honestly like i know this sounds stupid but like like something like i am strong and then you could go i am strong i am strong i'm strong i'm capable fuck this you know i'm not gonna be fucking uh fearful man dude fear is like one of these terrible things fear is a weapon i hope you guys understand that like 
you know, and, and it is certainly being weaponized in our culture a million percent. Uh, even the fear of like all this cancel, you know, being canceled bullshit. Look at like Rogan. Like what the hell is Rogan doing so fucking bad that people want to cancel him? It's insane, right? And like, uh, you know, I, I'm a fan of Rogan's, don't get me wrong, but I'm not the biggest fan in the world, uh, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. But But in the same regard, holy shit, why would you like, take this guy why do you want a deep platform right it's because he's not bought you know and like uh you know it's it's just it's this fear and uh, you know propaganda doesn't work without fear right i'm i'm gonna uh you know do another pod on this other uh, I, I read two books by american pow's and i'm gonna tackle those uh hopefully within this week you know and, and put them out sometime soon but uh but regardless you know, propaganda just does not work without fear. You have to have that element of fear in order for the message to, to scare the shit out of somebody to where they, they do your, your, you know, uh, you know, do exactly what you're trying to tell them to do. But, you know, he talked about the fear loop and kind of how to break out of it. And the way he broke out of it was, you know, kind of that, that single mantra thing. Right. Um, you know, just here we go, get up, go, you know, and I, I like that shit. Uh, he talked about this uh, Vipassana silent meditation retreat. And uh, though, you know, again, I, you know me, I'm, I'm shit at like doing research for the pod. I just kind of get on here and fucking yap away. But uh, I've, I haven't researched this one specifically, but I do have kind of a funny story about uh, like silent stuff. So uh, before I went in the army, I, uh, I went to this Christian uh, retreat thing. It's like a three-day retreat called Tres Dias. And uh, Tres Dias is like, uh, you know, it's it's a way to kind of, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, really. It's just, yeah, whatever. It's a Christian retreat, you know. They, they, they're kind of like trying to help you, like, break through, you know, old shit and bad habits and, you know, sins of the past and whatever, right? Well, the first day you get there, right, you can't bring a cell phone or anything. And the first day you get there, it's dead silent. You're not allowed to talk to a soul. So here's all these weirdo strangers around you. And you, you, even you're like sleeping next to these clowns and you can't talk to a single person. Man, that shit was nutty. I didn't like that one damn bit. I honestly like, you know, I was such a partier in my youth. Like I, I didn't go to bed ever before 2 a.m ever no matter what and a lot of times i would go to bed at like 4 a.m well that night holy shit i went to i swear to you it was like i think the first time in my life since maybe i was an infant that i went to bed at like 6 p.m i was like yep well we're done with this day because tomorrow i can actually fucking talk and you know somebody else could just say something you know whatever and i'm, I'm sure they had their good reasons for it uh, you know, and that, that retreat ended up being a pretty good thing, uh, especially, you know, right before the army just kind of got my head straight a little bit. Uh, it was cool, you know, uh, let's see what else. Oh, you, you know, what's really funny is, uh, talking about like he, uh, you know, he had an issue, this guy in the book, uh, Colin had an issue with his mask um to where like you know it, a portion of it had come like lightly unsealed and like it ended up frostbiting his nose just a little bit like light like you know early stage frostbite but uh long story short man i said this shit on the pod 
a long damn time ago about like whenever it was right after, uh, you know, I did my last stand up gig at the improv March 15th, right after that, I did a pod. I think it was with Cheyenne, but regardless, I was talking about these fucking cloth masks and I was saying these damn things are never going to protect you from any contaminant, anything whatsoever. Because look at even like Colin with this high tech, high speed gear, one little bitty thing, baby. And it creeps right in. It's like, you know, I've, I've had mop gear on, right? And, uh, you know, for those who don't know what mop gear is, it's a military operational protective posture, which now that I think about it, it sounds pretty fucking stupid, right? Do you, I don't know if you know what CBRN is, uh, you know, chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear. And holy shit, that sounds like army gibberish as well. Look, it's it's like uh, it's fucking gear you wear when you're in a biologically contaminated area. Bada bing. There you go. And uh, and I've had this gear on and been in a biologically contaminated area. And I'm telling you, one little bitty something, any little little hiccup in your in your in your rig. And by the time you know it, you're like, motherfucker, my neck burns or whatever. You know, it's like it's so bad, dude. Any sweat starts burning like all get out. You start coughing and shit. And oh, man. You could get fucked so fast, dude. And it takes so much training to learn how to like clear and seal these masks and maintain this equipment properly. And holy shit, you know, and and so that, that was my point with the whole thing. I couldn't believe they were like pushing these cloth masks, cloth masks, you know, and like, and I get, I guess the best thing about a cloth mask is that if somebody legit like coughs a mucusy cough sorry to get gross but like something like that at least like those particles aren't coming out and getting all over the place i don't know i'm not an expert who gives a shit right but but it was just funny when i read the book i was like i knew it see there's another good point right fucking little bitty tiny nothing asshole yeah the the fucking antarctic fucking wind sneaks through and frostbites your fucking nose jack fuck sorry for yelling um, and a cool thing I did learn in this book about a uh, cold weather tactic, cold weather shit, is that he put uh, th- this dude. What was the dude's name? Dixie Dancer Courier. Uh, he taught Colin to put plastic bags on his feet in brutal cold weather as a middle layer between thin liner socks and thick warm wool socks. So like. Dude, I'm going to use this next year, I promise, when sitting in the deer stand. Because, man, I I, I have a, a condition called Raynaud's phenomena, right? And I, I think it came from, like, the first spinal injury that, you know, just, just fucked my nerves all up. And, like, now I get this shit blood flow to my hands and my feet, right? And, uh, and my feet will go, like, brick numb, like, pretty damn quick. Even with, like, three layers of socks on and shit. So the, this, this guy, this Dixie dude, his whole idea is that, you know, if the boot gets wet, especially in a a situation like, uh, you know, Antarctica where it's unforgiving, it's never going to thaw out. So you're really, really screwed. But like if that inner sock gets wet, who gives a shit, right? It's not that big of a deal because you could always change the sock and get back to work. And, uh, and also here's another gangster thing. He like, so Colin had to like pack all of his food and stuff in like plastic Ziploc bags and shit. So he was just reusing 
the Ziplocs from the food he was eating as Footliners, man, I found that to be tremendous. And there's actually a really good story about one of the plastic bags in here that I don't even want to say. I don't, if, if you want to read this book, I don't, I don't want to screw that part over. Um, what else? Damn, I didn't even mark anything here. I just dog your pages because I hate like actually marking in books. Um, but yeah, so so there came a point you know, where, uh, he was, he was pretty much like at a, at a real low and, uh, oh, excuse me. Hang on. Sorry. I'm, I'm at a different point. Um, he had like, they, he had done, oh yeah. You, you know, the grand explorers grand slam, like I was talking about before. Well, he had been to the South pole. He'd been to Antarctica before. And while he was there, he went through this, uh, you know, feels, I think, uh, fuel, fueling depot, like, a you know, kind of a, a jump off point in between, uh, the union glacier and the actual like South pole, like observation center. Right. So, um, he got to this point at Thiel's, uh, you know, his previous time down there and they picked up this dude, like as they were refilling it at, uh, Thiel's and he's talking to this guy and this guy's like fucking out of it. You know, he's like lucky to be alive. Right. And uh, Colin says this about it. He said, he seemed removed from the world, turned inward, focused on some place that his journey had taken him, a landscape beyond words, hellish or transcendent or both, but clearly nothing was of the regular world. That's dope. I like that shit. I mean, like... I don't know if it's just me, but I mean, how many times have any of us been to like that place, that depth, right? And I think a lot of that stuff comes from physical exertion, but I guess, I don't know, man, that maybe that's kind of the, a part of that fear loop too, you know, just, just any of those like looping thoughts. This is something to like actually like learn and try to identify as you go throughout your life, right? I, th I think it's a valuable tool. That whenever you get hit, you know, stuck in one of those cycles, right? I'm not good enough. I've never been good enough. I can't do this stuff. You know what I mean? Once you get in that fucking cycle, you've got to break out of that thing. And the only way to do it is just distract yourself. Like, you don't realize how much of idiots we are. If you just distract yourself with some dumb little fucking thing, and I'm not talking about like watching the television or, uh, you know, music may break you out of it or something, but I'm talking about something physical, like do something with your hands. Uh, I don't know. I don't care what it is. Fucking start counting, you know, cards or whatever. I, what I do in that scenario is I go out and I like, I go out in my little shop and I just start like tinkering with shit, cleaning up. Hey, there you go. That's another one that always helps me out. Just just organizing shit, cleaning up, squaring shit away, sweep up the shop, whatever. By the time you know it, you're out of the out of the loop, you know, out of that that destructive loop and you're on to something else. And then that's when you could come up with clever ways to to fix the problem that got you in the loop in the first place, right? You can come up with something, you know, ingenious in those times where you like Oh shit. It's that simple. Right. Because that should always be the aim of any kind of like, uh, you know, any real 
thought or question or anything you could ever come up with is, is what's the simple approach, right? And because this is, this is why I wrote my book. I shit you not. If you really want to know, I wrote it because I wanted to give out simple advice for people to actually like work with like legit advice too, not some garbage. So, you know, uh, I've always had this idea that, and, and I don't think this is so profound, but regardless, uh, I've always had this idea that you can't teach anything to anybody unless you can like absolutely know the basics for one, but for two, until you can simplify it, because think about anything. Typically that's where you find somebody's full of shit, right? Is when you go, um, okay, have you been to this place? And they say, yeah, or something. And you go, what's it like? And they go, uh, or whatever, you know, that was a, Horrible analogy, but I'm leaving that in because hopefully you'll laugh. <laughs> How shitty of an analogy that was! That's tremendous, man. All right, that's that's what this pod's all about, baby. But uh, but regardless, if you don't, if you can't break something down to like the simple version, then you don't know what the hell you're talking about, right? Like you could ask me anything, like uh, uh what is what does a proper diet look like? Which is something that I swear to you, nutritionists are are missing the point on because either they're still bought into the system of like, go look at like myplate.gov. Holy shit. The stuff they say, oh, you can eat all this stuff and be healthy. Okay, eat all that crap and watch your body never, ever change. Like if you're actually looking for like body recomp and like, you want to like change the way you look. You want to change the way you feel. You want to change your uh, abilities in some, you know, one way or another. Uh, holy shit. You, you, it's, it's really, really simple. That's what I'm getting at, right? Is that these people, they make it all out to be, oh, well, you know, what are you allergic to? And all this kind of, like nobody's allergic to meat other than I guess those, those, sad souls uh who who get bit by the lone star tick i don't know if you know about that but if you get bit by a lone star tick uh you can develop like this uh i don't know i guess it's an enzyme in your stomach or something to where you become allergic to red meat and and uh you know i think pork also is pork considered red meat i don't think so it's kind of like kind of tan meat Oh, well, who gives a shit? Look at a pork chop. Tell me that you say that you think that that's red meat. Doesn't seem like it, right? It's pork. All right, whatever. Swine. But but regardless, you can make it so simple. Like if you eat what I'm doing right now, honestly, and I'm dead serious thinking about changing this in the book because I have gotten such good benefits out of this in like only a few short weeks. I'm probably on my third week right now. I'm just doing meat and fruit. Like last night, I made two big ass, thick ass New York strips and uh, had an avocado, which is fruit. Don't be a jerk. Uh, and um, uh, an orange and a banana. And like, I swear to you, I never realized how much I craved oranges. Holy shit. I can murder an orange because like I grew up in kind of the, you know, bodybuilding world where like, you know, sucrose and fructose, right. Is, is it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's all any sugar spikes, insulin and any insulin spikes are bad, you know, whatever. Right. You know, unless it's like, uh, directly after training protein synthesis and all this bullshit, man, God, ah, the world has been 
crazy in my lifetime. Just just the misinformation and the wild shit that's been put out there. But regardless, all I'm saying is, you know how I know the simple version how to do these things? Because I fucking do them. Yep. I experiment with them. I actually fucking do it. I'm not just some dipshit talking out of my ass. Every single thing in the book is stuff that I actually have done experiences I've had. Right. And that's why I talk in the book about empiricism, but cop the book and you'll see what I'm talking about. I don't want to get too far off subject, but if you can't break shit down to the simplest factor, then you still have stuff to learn. Right. You still got a long way to go. And that's OK. That That's hell. I I honestly sometimes when I arrive at a conclusion, I'm uh, you couldn't say like depressed because that wouldn't that wouldn't cut it. That's not the right word. I'm just somber, I guess, in a slight way. Just that it's like, uh, ah, shit, I guess I guess perhaps that's it. You know, and then I'm like, fuck, now I got I got to find some other thing I got to get geeky about because I have studied some questions and some random stuff for years and years and years and years and years, Uh, you know, so many things. Um, And, you know, coming to these conclusions, you know, sometimes they're just, you know, a a conclusion that is, you know, as long as it's adaptable to other people and I can teach it, then I I find that to be, you know, uh, you know, mostly complete right in, in that line of thought. But, but regardless, so, you know, back back to the uh, impossible first, you know, hellish or transcendent or both, you know, that that's a that's a heavy thing, man, because I've seen some dark shit, man. I've been in some dark ass places in my life and I get that, that even through those times of absolute hell, you can still be transcendent. You can still transcend to a higher plane where, you know, you can you could really like. I don't know. You could come up with conclusions so much better. I haven't done mushrooms and holy shit, a couple decades, but, uh, or, you know, at least, uh, at least, yeah, fuck me, 15, 18 years, something like that. Um, but I gotta, I don't know. I gotta get back on a bandwagon. They gotta make those things legal, man. People need that shit, dude. I don't, I don't give a shit. If If you've never done them before, honestly, like it's, uh, it's a tough thing to say like, Oh, you missing out or you're fucking up because that's not the point. The point is like, start looking into it, right? What's that book? Michael Pollan, how to change your mind. Whoa, mama. He was a guy who was actually even kind of, uh, approaching psychedelics from the, uh, um, you know, not, not suspicion, but from the, uh, from the other side, you know, he was, he was coming at it from a, a point where, you know, he was, a uh, uh, skeptical. There you go. Uh, he was, you know, he was skeptical about psychedelics and then, you know, he, he started, you know, doing a bunch of shit, cool shit, LSD and all kinds of wild shit. But, um, but yeah, if you're going to do those things like cool brother, you gotta have the right people around you. You gotta have the wrong people so far away from you. Uh, right setting, right mindset, you know, and, and like that kind of stuff these days, that's, that's always been my point with, uh, with why drug, you know, why don't we just legalize drugs, especially the natural ones, fucking mushrooms grow from cow shit. It's not that big of a deal, you know, but like, 
if you were getting them from a store, you would know what's in it. Like, you know, when, when people make booze, right. Uh, like, like a uh, hooch, you know, moonshine and whatnot, there's like a beginning. You could look this up. I think it's called heads. And it's like the first stuff that comes off the still that stuff will make you blind. You know, like, holy shit, wouldn't you rather go to the fucking grocery store, get you a bottle of Maker's Mark, bring it home, pour it in a glass, and not go blind? You know what I'm saying? Like, it would just be dope to be able to, like, go get some fucking shrooms and, like, you know, smash just, like, man, people microdose and stuff. And, like, I've never done the microdosing stuff because I've always been, you know, a guy, like, punch the ticket, ride the ride. Hunter S. Thompson type shit, right? That's where I learned all this stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Some people find tremendous value in microdosing. But um, here's another cool quote from the book. Um, it comes from uh, Des Linden, the first American woman to win the Boston Marathon uh, in 33 years. She won it in 2018. It hadn't been won by uh, an American woman in 33 years, man. And she said, some days it just flows and I feel like I'm born to do this. Other days, it feels like I'm trudging through hell. Every day, I make the choice to show up and see what I've got and try to be better. I love that shit. Every day, show up. Right? Like, that's that's a mantra. That's that kind of shit that busts you out of, like, the, any kind of those fucking terrible loops you can get caught up in fuck that shit you every day show up every day show up and see what it's like dude the other day i went to the gym down you know it's my my i have a gym in my basement and uh i go down to the gym i warm up i do my thing i warmed up for like 20 minutes right which is a you know decent warm-up no big deal just walking on the treadmill no nothing crazy got a good little sweat going on and then I tried to go do uh, some chest and I just could not get a pump for the life of me. And given I'm on like a reduced calorie diet right now, uh, you know, practically, you know, very, very little, uh, you know, uh, you know, like, you know, long, what is that long chain fucking whatever, uh, you know, very, very little carbohydrate that's like sticking around. Right. Um so it's just, it's kind of hard, you know, like when you're, when you're in that state, especially with a reduced calorie diet, it can be pretty damn challenging to get a pump. Well, you know, I tried and I just, I couldn't get it. So I was like, okay, I'll just do like a deep ass stretching routine today and then I'll get it back after it tomorrow. Right. And I did. But the cool thing is I still showed up. I still tried and I still went after it. And you know what happened the next day? I ate shit again, <laughs> to be honest with you. I, I kind of wanted to lead you into believing that the next day I crushed it. I didn't, though. I felt like shit again. But I did an hour on the treadmill instead to make up for it, right? I, I did like 20 minutes, got off, tried to rack out some bench again, didn't really feel so good, then hopped back on the tread and finished it out with a 40-minute sesh. But but who cares? Every day show up, face the face the whatever face the demons face the bullshit face the haters face the whatever the hell it is that that provides you a little motivation face that shit head on and kick some ass you know you don't got to be scared 
There's nothing to be afraid of. All right, let's keep scrolling. Oh, this this is a good one. Oh man, I I, I didn't really a hundred percent put mine together. Um, but he talks about like his top five albums that uh, you know that that he only brought five albums with him on the journey and deleted every other ounce of music off of his uh you know his iPhone that he brought with him and uh it's pretty dope. I was going to do something, maybe I'll still do it on social or something post up like top 5, but one of my top 5 is definitely and I listened to it today on the tread uh Matchbox 20, yourself or someone like you. Oh, go fuck yourself if you don't like that shit. That's a good fucking album. Start to finish too. Bangers. Not really bad. But they're good fucking songs. It's really, really interesting. Uh, he he talked to Paul Simon while he was out on the ice through a sat phone. Pretty interesting because he was, you know, singing a Paul Simon song in like a video that went out, and I don't know if it went viral or whatever. But it was on his website, and Paul actually phoned into him, uh, you know, or gave his wife his number and had uh, Colin call him, and and Paul Simon talked about something that's really interesting. Uh, that the spaces between notes are the most important parts of any song, right? And, like, I don't think I'm going to put Green Day's Dookie album on my top five, but Brain Stew, that da-da, you know what I mean? Like, those those gaps, if they were, like, millisecond longer or shorter, it wouldn't have that same resonation it wouldn't slam the same you know it's uh interesting i don't know when i read that i, th- I thought of uh brain stew i was like oh shit yeah um definitely wasn't thinking of paul simon you know but no no offense to the guy if you're a fan hey no big deal um oh you know it drops a teddy roosevelt line that i love uh you know basically that the person who steps into the arena to try is victorious from the start because if success comes, he knows the triumph of high achievement. But if he falls short of his goal, those cold and timid souls, what? Oh, (laughs) I skipped a line. But if he falls short of his goal, he fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Jeez, Louise, you, you got to get out there. You got to try it. Push, try, fucking go figure it out. Like, I, I love those ideas because I think there's to, like so many sissy ass people these days sitting on the sidelines who've never entered the arena and they've got so much to fucking say about it. Hence, like I'm talking about going back to empiricism and the idea that if you haven't experienced it, maybe shut the hell up or at least maybe stop acting like you're such a damn expert about it. Right. Like, it, I don't know. So I just got a little fucking heated there for a second. You you feel that heat? I'm telling you though, it, it it that kind of shit bothers me, right? But but the here's the cool way out of that that you know thing. I'm not going to be that way. Okay, great. End of list. And I hope you too don't ever be that way. Get your ass in the arena and test it out. Or at least I'm not like a fucking expert. You know what I mean? Uh, listen to your body, calm mind, steady feet. I thought that was interesting. I'm telling you, I really think I'm gonna fucking hike Mount Everest one day. I'm announcing it on the podcast for the first fucking time. Uh, 
I don't know. It just it, even that fifty high points challenge. Because come on, what's like the high point of uh, you know, fucking Louisiana <laughs> or some shit? You know, on top of like uh, some some building on Bourbon Street or something. I I am all for that shit. I would crush that. Uh, another party talks about, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, he was a mere speck on the ice and visible to all the world. No one to see or hear me An isolated and alone person can be on a crowded planet where crowds are often the loneliest places of all shoot buddy. I mean, I've, I've heard stuff like that before. I've heard people say stuff like that before. You know how, you know, you could be lonely in crowds still. And isn't that bonkers? Isn't that fucking bananas, dude? That like, you know, we all, we all have different like feelings and emotions, but like my whole point is bulletproofing your emotions, right? Like why wouldn't you at least attempt to bulletproof your emotions, you know? And hence back again to the book, baby, to my book, um, you know, that's what a lot of it is about is like, okay, Start working on diet at least a little bit. Start exercising at least a little bit. Start reading and, and you know, getting your thoughts together at least a little bit, right? Because then those little functions will eventually become habits and those habits become, you know, truisms. They become something that you can actually value and something you can work off of. Um, yeah, but that's, that, that's it for the book. Uh, really interesting. Colin O'Brady, The Impossible First. It's a really cool, uh, you know, it's kind of like, um, it's like an exciting journey that he takes you through. It's written very well. Very interesting. Another book that's written very well. My book, baby, Bourbon Body Restoration. It's out there. Uh, you know, it's, it's the Audible book is out there. It's on iTunes, Apple, or, or, what, that's the same thing. Uh, it's on iTunes and, uh, audible go out there and, and, you know, I recorded the audio book myself with this, uh, you know, beautiful voice of mine. And, uh, I don't know, hopefully you think it's dope. Check out the book. You want to sign copy, hit up my website. I'd be happy to send you one. Um, and, uh, you know, that's it for today, but as always, I love you guys and, uh, I wish you the best. Keep kicking ass. Peace.